And there it is. We're live. It's Wednesday night. I got to just ask yourself. Ask yourself this one question. It is, what, August 3rd, right? And we it is the Wednesday night before the Wyndham Championship. Just ask yourself one simple question. Are you fucking excited for the Wyndham Championship? Because if you can't tell, I am. It's not It's not just the ranch water. Reach out to your boy, Topa Chico. It, I'm, like, genuinely excited. I'm very excited to play the slate this week. And let me ask you, are you excited? Because if you're not, you really should consider, like, how much you love PGA DFS. If you're not, you know, like, if you're like, I really like the majors. Well, then this probably ain't, like, the scene for you, right? But if you're just as excited this week as you are any, other week because you can't wake up can't wait to wake up tomorrow morning and you know see which one of your guys is inevitably first place and which one's already like three over through two and you're fucking tilting then like you know like I don't know if you love this game enough but if that is you then you do love it the right amount and PGA DFS is fucking amazing I will get more into that later one more thing, you're probably thinking, man, what? Is, hey, where's your hat? I thought you always wore the PGA Championship. It was in Tulsa, Oklahoma boy. Well, you know what? That is true. But I got a lot of homies out there. And one of the homies went to St. Andrews, what was that, a month ago? And just happened to get me this hat and, like, sent it to me. So now I got to wear it on the stream. Thanks, Billy. I appreciate you, brother. You know, so I have a hat directly from Scotland. What the fuck do you have? I don't know. I, that, I lost the accent there, okay? All I got is, like, the old Jewish lady, the New York guy, and, like, your picks. That's the only voices I got. I'm working on more. I'm sorry, okay? If this were U.S. history, I could do it all day, but I digress. What's up, motherfathers? I am the Degenerate75. Hey, new guy, I really appreciate you being here. I know, there's like there's like 50 to 100 of you guys that show up every week that are brand new. Maybe you heard about me through the grapevine. Maybe YouTube just threw the shit and you recommended. No matter what it is, welcome, motherfather. I'm going to be asking you some tough questions tonight. You got to remember that like I like to put people on the spot, so you're going to be getting a lot of questions, and you better be prepared for them, because I'm gonna right, right in front of the whole fucking class, I'm going to put you on the spot, and you're going to have to answer them. And I got to let you know, the track record of new guys around here is not particularly great so you better fucking bring your a-game brother you better bring it so i am the degenerate 75 hopefully you've heard of me at least uh in passing i am that guy that probably you know uh, i'll warn you right up front not everybody loves me i'm not for everybody some people really like the cut of my jib some people think that guy's such a dickhead okay that's cool fucking kick rocks what we do here is we do pga dfs and i don't want to spoil next week's show but maybe a little bit more in the future and we focus mainly my flagship show is the showdown hoedown we focus on uh showdown for round three and round four of pga because if if you don't know, there's a lot of fucking morons out there that don't know how to play it. And if you just play the leverage game, you can get a lot of advantage. And there's a lot of sharp people in DFS, and there's not many games left with an advantage out there. And I'm shrinking that. And I know I'm doing a good job because a lot of the best players in the industry are getting mad at me for doing it. So fucking check that out. Friday, Saturday night. But this right now is called the emergency stream. You're like, why is it an emergency? Well, first of all, because I named it that the first week and I fucking liked it, so it stuck. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is because it's an emergency because you're probably about to make some dumb choices this week, new guy, and you need to not make those bad choices. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be asking you a lot of tough questions and making you think about things like ownership and game theory and uh, statistics and all of these things before you go make your lineups, right? That's what we're going to do here, and I'm going to try to make you a better DFS player. Am I going to make you a winner? I don't know. I'm, I, I can tell you this. I sure as shit won't promise it. 
But what I can tell you is I'll make you not be the fucking, uh, you know, bum money out there that people just like go chase. I can, I can help you with that part. I can definitely do that because I've been playing PGA DFS at a very high level for the past five years. And I am trying to take everything I've known and pass it on to you while at the same time, maybe being a little entertaining because a lot of people in this industry are boring as fuck. I don't know how else to say it. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. So if you have a better way, I'll say it. Uh, and maybe I'm too much for you, but you do got to remember that almost every time we meet, I'm like three or four ranch waters deep. Mm. If you don't know what ranch water is, you need to look it up. Topo Chico, reach out to me. Okay, that's it. That's it. That's the whole intro. Let's go. We're going straight into it. Let's get going. You ready? Hey, new guys, look at me. Look at me. You looking at me? Here we go. One simple question for you. One simple question, new guy. Have you made your lineups yet? You've, you have. I, I don't even answer it. Don't e I, can set, I can see you sitting there in silence in the back of the class hoping we don't make eye contact. You've already made him, you asshole. I know you have. It's okay. You're new. I'm going to give you a pass. But this is what you need to remember. Never, ever, 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 ever make your lineups prior to watching this stream every Wednesday night at 7 because I'm going to ask you questions that like are going to make you question everything about your lineups and the meaning of life, right? And so if you've already made them and you're so committed to your picks and you love your lineup so much, and then I say something that completely makes you think that, oh shit, now I'm doing something stupid. Well, now you're like, you got to break your own heart to like get away from the picks that you already had and your picks mean so much to you. And we got to, we got to change the way of thinking. So the best thing I can tell you is come to this stream prepared. No guys you like and guys that are like, you know, tickling in your model or whatever the hell you do to make your picks but don't commit to your lineups until you watch the stream because i'll ask you some shit last week i came on here and i said do not play all of your guys do not the am wave is going to have a huge edge and they had a 1.5 strokes edge um and like that was it that was a nuts play right if you just played guys from am pm you would have went into the weekend with like literally i think it was six of the top seven guys were from the am pm wave right and that, that's just because when you have easier scoring conditions, you can go out there and roast a fucking course. And so that's what we do. And if you had already made your lineups and you love somebody from the PMAM, right? You love fucking Davis Riley. Oh, I need him. And then I tell you, like, don't play those guys from that wave, especially if they're chalky. Well, now you're committed to him, right? So don't do that. Don't do that. Come here with an open mind and an open heart, brother. And I will do my best to try to guide you in the right direction. I ain't going to give you any picks. I ain't going to promise you you're going to be a winner, but I'll promise you, you'll be less of a slap dick. You're welcome, you mother father. Okay, so first thing we need to check out, new guy, I appreciate, hey, once again, I, I feel like I'm being condescending to you. I appreciate you being here. The channel's growing. I really appreciate you being here. I hope you stay around and check it out. I might blow your mind. I might even teach you a thing or two, but no, no matter what happens, I really appreciate you being here. First thing we go look at is contest selection, right? And this is so important uh, about like, uh, let's see, what are we, entries? Uh, no, not entries, total prizes, total prizes. What am I doing? L uh, lobby, let's go to, uh, don't, don't go to lineups. You guys almost saw my lineups. <laughs> uh, Wyndham Championship Thursday. All right, let's check out what they're offering, right? So here you go, new guy. You got $100 you want to play this week, right? You, you, you got a new raise at the job. Life's feeling good. Wife's off your back. And you're thinking you're going to get saucy this week. You're going to play... You're going to play $100 in lineups this week, you fucking wild man. I like you. 
And so what's the natural thing you're going to do? You're going to go look at the most expensive contest over on DraftKings, and you're going to say, hell yeah, I'm throwing five I'm going to throw five tickets in this $20, and I'm going to win me a sweet quarter million dollars this week. Um, Well, first of all, no, you're not. And second of all, that's stupid because these contests are so heavily weighted to the top that like, that is a horrible investment on your $100. I know it's fun to think about what if I won that. You know, like same thing, all the dumbasses playing the lottery last week, right? What if I won that? Well, I mean, what if you got kicked in the nuts? Because that's way more likely. So what I would tell you is if you have a hundred bucks, try to like think about better contests you can play in. Like just go check out these hundred dollar single entries. There's so much better. First place is $10,000. Look at me, new guy. If you won $10,000, you look me in the eye and you tell me you're not going to be doing backflips over your couch. Tell me that. You know you're going to be doing it. So stop. Stop. You're going to be pumped. But here's what I would tell you. Look at 10th place. It's still a cool $1,000, right? 10x your money. Um, that's Those are the kind of contests you want to be playing in. And if 100 bucks, one ticket for 100 bucks is too rich for your blood, I get it, brother. This is what I want you to consider. I, I simply just want you to consider how many guys do you like this week? Do you like 30 guys? Because if you like 30 guys, you probably want to be playing closer to 150 lineups. And you probably think to yourself, I can't afford 150 lineups. Well, yes, you can. It just depends on what tournament you put them in, right? They have $150 or 150 max entry for 50 cents. So you could put 150 lineups in that for 50 cents, and then you could play all 30 guys of those that you like. If you find yourself liking, I really only like like 12 guys this week. Well, then go check out some of these three maxes. There's some really good three maxes out there this week. Um, uh, Let's see. Like there's the $75 three max. There's the $8 three max. And look at those. And what you do is you just pick three or four guys out of that core of 12 and you put them in two of the three lineups and then you just mix and match around that. And then there you go. Boom. Now you have. Now you have proper exposure to your players, you're playing in contests that make sense, and you're giving yourself a chance for success. And let's say you like, I don't know, 16 to 18 players or something like that. Go check out like the $3.20 max or the or the $1.20 max. These are great tournaments for you to get your feet wet and learn how to play the game before just jumping in and throwing tickets. When you go put money in this $20, when you go put five lineups in this $20, just know you're literally paying people like me. You're paying all of the top players because in the long run, we're going to win this tournament a lot more than you are because we have way more lineups in it. We're going to have way more chances, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. We fucking know what we're doing more than you do, right? So don't play in those contests where I can put in way more lineups than you. I'm way more knowledgeable than you, and like, like the payout structure is terrible. So the one time you do get lucky, you win $200 on your 20. Great. That'll buy you another two weeks. Fucking awesome. So there you go. Contest selection, man. That's where it all begins. Let the number of players in your player pool determine how, uh, what kind of tournaments, how many lineups you want to play. And then from how many lineups, look at what kind of tournaments you can play. This is step one to not being a fucking moron. Okay. Cause if you're just that, if you're just the average everyday Joe, you're going and throwing your one, two, three, four, maybe five lineups in the $20 and you're just getting owned every week and you can't figure out why you never win. Well, the problem you never win is a, there's like a 59,000 people on that tournament. So it's right next to being uh, essentially a lottery. And number two is you're playing five lineups where all the best players in the world are playing 100, 150 lineups in it. So that's just donkey move. That's a donkey move. All right, that's contest selection, but let's get to what really matters. For all of you that don't know, I've somehow become the meteorologist of this community. People come to me and they say, hey, what is the weather going to be? Like like I'm some fucking shaman from like the, the Middle Ages or some shit like that, right? I got a drink. I'm getting pasty. And so 
The answer to this question is, do you know how I always know the weather? You want to know how I'm this magic man that can predict the weather waves and predict who's going to do better? It's fucking crazy. You ready for this? Are you sitting down, new guy? I'm going to blow your hair back. I go check the weather. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's all I do. I check the weather. Who would have thought? I live in Oklahoma, and I know how to check the weather. What a, what a concept, Bob. So here we go. Tomorrow is Thursday. And by the way, I'm looking at Jamestown. It's just outside of Jamestown, North Carolina, right? Which is just outside of, what is it, Greensboro, Raleigh? I don't know. Who the, who the fuck lives in North Carolina? I'm talking to you, John. So tomorrow's weather looks pristine. It never gets above 10 miles an hour. And more importantly, I think there's no gusts. So tomorrow there's nothing. But we're fucking adults. We know that there's more than one day in a wave edge. So let's go look at the next day. It's the exact same thing. Okay, so as far as Windfinder goes, we don't see a we don't see a weather edge, right? Um, there are some storms that could roll in and delay play, but like, what's that really gonna do, right? Push it to Saturday morning where it's nice and calm. But we also got to think, like, oh, you know, maybe this one site Windfinder is notoriously wrong. I will say everybody in this community tends to play Windfinder, and it's kind of fucking slapdick. Uh, I would much, I, I I find Willy Weather to be way more accurate. So Jamestown, uh, North Carolina, by the way. Great name. So here you go. Thursday, it never gets above gentle in the afternoon, gets up to eight miles an hour. And then uh, over here, Friday, it does the exact same thing. It peaks at like seven miles an hour. Sign my ass up. These are going to be perfect scoring conditions, and there's no reason to play a weather edge. Um, checking the weather channel. I heard they do weather. Let's check it out and see how they do. Um, there does look like there could be some rain late on, uh, f uh Thursday, which would make Friday's, uh, AM guys even better. And it does look like there is a chance at some afternoon storms Friday, but like, you're just fucking guessing at that point, 24%. Like if you want to do that, if you, if you're into that 24% shit, go play Siwoo Kim burn. So, Hey, TY, hey, I'm just looking over here at the chat and I see TY chat just gave me a, 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 what's it called? A, um, super chat. Thanks you mother father. I appreciate you brother. I don't, my, my editor's going to get paid. I appreciate that. I think it's only like the third one ever. So we will take it. So that's weather. Okay. And the thing about weather is there really isn't anything going on this week. So I'm going to take this time to get just a hair preachy. Okay. Fuck. I hope this lands on a lot of ears that are listening, right? I hope your heart and your mind is open because I'm going to spit some truth at you. That's going to, you know, I, I think it's going to deflate some of you, but I, my goal is, is that it, it, it 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 kind of just opens your eyes and makes this game more fun because like I have more than anybody experienced that like DFS can become not fun and when it becomes not fun it's a fucking grind and if you're not careful your whole fucking life can become a grind that's a rounders quote so this is what I will tell you I had a for all of you that don't know I have a pod called the Degenerate Seventy Five Talks Golf with Smart People it's only three weeks old and I've had like three fucking home run guests and by the way the guests in August are only going to be. Uh, uh, just as big. Like I've got all kinds of people lined up, super excited. Uh, I appreciate all of you that are listening to the pod. If you're not, go check it out. Maybe leave me a five-star review on Apple and say some nice words. It wouldn't piss me off and you'll get more names on the board. Uh, by the way, we're definitely doing a huge drawing later in the show for all of you new guys. So if you don't know, you should definitely hang around for that. But in this pod this past week, I had Alex Baker on. You might know him as Osimo. Osimo is one of, uh, no, he's not one of. He is the best DFS player in the world. I mean, he was literally number one for six years. And the only reason he's not number one this year is he's made a conscious effort to slow his role. And uh, on that pod, which I encourage you to go listen to, we talked about like expectations. And like, you know, if, if the best player in the world doesn't expect to win, what should you and I expect, right? 
and he said some things. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of people that have I've gotten into DFS golf and a lot of people who've started playing it more seriously, largely because of this show and the showdown hoedown. And some of them have had success. Some of them have, you know, uh, been even and some of them have lost. And here's what I will tell you. And this is where it gets a little preachy. Like, this is what you need to come into DFS with, right? This is this is the number one thing. Do you enjoy this? Do you enjoy watching this content? Do you enjoy looking at models, predicting weather, looking at ownership, making pivots, creating lineups, balancing your exposure? Because an average person, their answer to that would be, uh, fuck no. Fuck no, I don't. And so if that isn't something that interests you, if you don't love that process, it's called loving the process. And if you do not love the process, please, right now, I know this is only fucking me right now, just quit playing PGA DFS because the only way to be successful in this game, in the long run, sustainably, is to love the process. And if you don't love the process and you don't get excited about making your model and get excited about analyzing the data and get excited about looking at ownership and considering pivots and making lineups, then you're going to get fucking grinded down in no time from this. It's easy for me. I love this shit. It never feels like I, I, I put a good 40 to 60 hours a week into this and it never feels like one hour work because I fucking love it. I'm like, oh, stats. I love them. And I get off on it. I, it's, it's awesome. It's the best thing in the world. And I enjoy it. And then I enjoy watching my lineups Thursday and Friday and having a cut sweat and then seeing guys charge on Saturday and Sunday and realizing, oh, I'm fucked. I better start focusing on showdown right? I love that process. But do you love that process? Because this ain't about me. It's about you, new guy. And if you don't love that process, you're never going to be successful in this in the long run. This isn't something you just tune in Wednesday night, throw a couple lineups in and think that you're ever going to have success. And the reason that I go on this tangent is because I have so many people saying, hey, man, I've, I hit a couple lineups. I'm going to start getting more serious about this whole PGA DFS. Or there's like this underlying thing that like they think they're going to become a professional at DFS. And I have to tell you, I know for a fucking fact, because I know a lot of people in this community and some people at DraftKings, the number of people that win um, the enough amount of money to live off of sustainably year over year at PGA DFS is definitely under a hundred people in the entire world. And for you to think you're going to be one of those people, I'm not saying you can't, I'm just saying it's not likely, right? It's like entering one con one lineup in that $20 contest. Yes, I guess you could win it, but it ain't fucking likely Bob. So like what I encourage all of you to do, this is my, this is my thesis for tonight, right? I'm a, I'm a graduate student. Let me, I'm going to talk about my thesis. Here is my thesis. Fucking just enjoy it. Think of all the things you waste money on in your life that you don't even fucking enjoy. And what I want you to do is have DFS be something you enjoy. And then if you enjoy it and between you working at your process, putting the time into it, analyzing content, you become a good enough player to where you can break even. Well, then what a fucking gift. Could you imagine that you don't lose any money playing DFS? You're a completely break even player. And you get, what would that be? If you play this 40 hours a week and there's 45 hours, excuse me, 45 tournaments a year. I mean, that's like almost, that's 1,800 hours of free entertainment you got for the entire year. Not to mention all those sweats and all those things that could have happened. And who knows, maybe you're one of those lucky mother fathers that shit breaks their way on Sunday and you hit the $50,000 lineup or you hit the $100,000 lineup. And then all of a sudden it's not a break even, it's a big win year for you, right? Now, I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't anticipate that happening every year, but it can happen.
And if you just go into this with the goal of just trying to break even or maybe even lose a little bit, let's say you're down um, 500 bucks for the year, but you got 1800 hours of entertainment out of this stuff, right? I mean, like, that's like what? That's nothing. That's like 33 cents an hour, right? That's, 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 that's negligible. And so think of anything else in your life that you can do that you only cost you 33 cents an hour that you get this much, uh, uh, that you get this much enjoyment out of. You won't find it. You won't find it. Go take the family out to dinner in a movie. You're like, you're in for like 200 bucks and you got like what? Three, four hours of entertainment. Fuck that. But DFS golf is the gift that keeps on giving you. If you enjoy the process, this is why the first answer to the question has to be, do you enjoy the process? And if you do, then your goal should be to become a break even player. And if you become a break even player where, and by break even, that means that like you were playing mainly GPPs and you hit enough GPPs to offset all those weeks. You don't hit any. And don't forget about DK. They're taking their rake 11, 16%, depending on the tournament that you can overcome those two, you're a fucking legend. A true break-even GPP player, you are a huge edge player and you are doing some super shit right. And if you're doing that right and you keep breaking even, you keep breaking even, you do it enough times, I promise you in the long run, you'll hit one big one. That's the goal is to become a break-even player, have a good process, and then finally you'll find that shamrock shoved up your ass like Taylor Pendrith had up his ass on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? And that will be all you need. That'll be the big, huge hit that you've always wanted. And that's what it has to be. For all of you think you're going to get into this and think you're just going to be printing money and this is a game that can be beat, fucking trust me, it can't. It cannot be beat. I, I'm as good at this as anybody. I put as much time and effort into this as anybody. And yes, I have been profitable and I have done well over the past five years, but not enough that I can just like make a manual and be like, here's your printing money schedule, mother father. So that is the point that I want to make. Make sure you love it and ask yourself, at the end of this year, if I completely break even at DFS golf, will I feel like a winner? And if the answer to that is yes, then you're doing it right. If the answer to that is no, then you have fucking, you have unrealistic expectations and you need to reevaluate. I know I told you I was going to get fucking preachy tonight. I told you I was going to get preachy. Hold on. After all, after that sermon, this reverend needs a beverage. Mm. Fucking Topa Chico, reach out. That ranch water, I ain't making it with Perrier, brother. All right, that's it. That's it with that. Let's get to what the people come for. The single most important thing in DFS golf. What is the single most important thing? Even more important than weather. Weather's the first thing we check. But new guy, what's the most important thing? Literally, a blind squirrel could be successful at DFS golf. Or, well, let me rephrase that. They could be more successful than the average player if they just did one thing. If they just said, fuck your ownership, I'm going to play the other guy. And so we're talking about ownership. And right here, ownership, well, I mean, I have the 12 most owned guys. I do f complete ownership projections over on the on my Discord. And yes, it fucking takes forever and it eats up my whole day. But damn, it's the most important thing. So I got to provide it, right? And so with that, um, we got to look at the most owned guys. Okay, If you want to know, well, where's all the other guys? Well, mother father, they ain't here because this is on YouTube and it's free. Which, speaking of which, can I just point out we're on YouTube and like, have you seen a single ad new guy? Have you had to like go click everything and hit skip ad? No, you haven't because I don't monetize this because I ain't a poor. So if you just do me a quick, hey, just a quick favor, new guy, new guy uh, and all my veterans here, right? Just go drop a like and a sub. That's all I need. That's all I need. Just a, uh, just a like and a sub. That's all I uh, take you two seconds while I'm talking. I appreciate you, new guy. I fucking like the cut of your jib. I had a good feeling about this badge tonight. Had a good feeling. All right. So. 
these are our highest known guys this week, right? This is my projections. I have a system that I come up with that fucking takes forever to input all the numbers and come up with calculations and adjust them. And these are what I am projected to be the 12 highest known guys this week. And this is really important because, A, the highest owned guys, just by definition, you got to remember we're playing PGA golf. You kind of want to fucking stay away from simply because if you if they, if they fail, you have a huge edge because 23% of the field's dead. And if they hit and you have them, you have to share them with 23% of people. That's why owning, playing high-owned guys sucks. But at the same time, you would be a fool if you didn't consider why are these guys chalky. There is a reason that Sung J.M. and Siwoo Kim are over 23% this week. And the answer is simple. Because on paper, they look like fucking home run plays, right? And then you get a couple people in the community pumping them up and all of a sudden, you got chalk. So that's where we're at. And now we have to determine what is chalk, what is good chalk, although I would argue there's never good chalk. What is eh? chalk and what is don't get chalk and that's what we're going to do i'm going to help you understand new guy because i fucking care about you and your future so first of all you have to understand that the number one thing you got to remember is guys at the top of the salary range right guys that are um you know t- uh, 94 9600 and higher so basically Corey connors russell henley all those guys are naturally just going to see a bump in their ownership for one simple reason it's one simple reason It's just because people spend their salary. People always want to have one of those top guys in there, so they're almost always going to get naturally clicked. I would bet the number of lineups that start with at least one guy from Connors and higher is probably 98%. So if you know that 98% of lineups are at least putting at least one of those guys and a lot of times two of those guys, that's naturally going to inflate their ownership from all of the guys 96 higher and above, which is only seven guys, right? So then what really makes chalk? Well, first of all, the term chalk means high-owned, that's what a lot of people seem to agree the term means, but the fucking, like, the dumbasses think that's all it means. Chalk is not just simply somebody that's highly owned. Chalk is somebody who is highly owned relative to the people around them, right? So, like, if I said that, like, Shane Lowry this week is chalk, he's 18%. No, he's not. He's not chalk at all, because if you go look at the other guys around him, he's actually relatively average salary. If you compared him to Henley and 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 Connors and uh, Sungjae, he's actually a slight ownership discount, at least by my project. Right, which aren't God's truth, but you know, they're pretty close. So you have to understand that difference. Okay, well, then what makes something okay, Chalk? Well, somebody like Will Zalatoris is just notoriously getting overlooked this week, right? And there's enough smart people in this community that have started to fix this narrative that Will Zalatoris, he can't, you know, this ain't a good course fit for him. I ain't going to play him. But now at least this community has gotten bright enough that there's enough smart minds out there saying, Will Zalatoris, hey, hey, dummies, he's the best fucking player in this field. If he's going to be 10% owned, you better play him. And because of that, Will Zalatoris has started to catch a little steam today. But at the same time, for being the most expensive player in the field and only being under 16%, to me, that's the definition of okay chalk. There's never good chalk, but like, you know, 16%, that's not chalk at all. That's just basically what people are naturally going to put him in because he's the most expensive player. So like, if you like Will Zalatoris this week, don't lose any sleep over playing him. But new guy, you got to remember my rule. You got to remember rule number one. Anytime you play a guy, you make sure you have 2x the leverage on him, right? So if I have Will Zalatoris, we're going to call that 16%. You make sure you have him in 32% of your lineups. Not 32% of your lineups, but 32% of your exposure. I know there's some big dogs out there on uh, Twitter that don't seem to understand that concept. So I would call him okay chalk. Well, then what's eh chalk? Well, guys like uh, Russell Henley getting up over 20%. Corey Connors being right at 20%, right? 
that's getting kind of like uncomfortably high. Like I wouldn't call that donkey chalk. Like if you play that, you're just like paying the rake basically. But you know, oh, and my boy Tom Kim. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. But the reason that these guys are eh chalk is a lot of their ownership is simply derived from the salary that they're at. And there's no clear pivots around them, right? Like, let's just take Corey Connors, for instance. You want to pivot off of him. You want to go to somebody else. There's not clear pivots that are lower ownership around him. The clear pivot would be Russell Henley, but Russell Henley's at a higher ownership than him. Well, then I'll go to Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry's not that significantly more higher owned. You could go down. The guys below Corey Connors and Russell Henley are good pivot options, but him himself is not. So I would call all three of those guys there in yellow, I'd call them eh, Jock. Now we get to the most important thing, donkey chalk, okay? And by the way, donkey chalk, I got to do a a PSA real quick. You hear me out and you hear me right now, new guy. When it comes to donkey chalk, you either always fade it or you always ignore it, okay? You do that for me because I feel like some people are are trying to guess which week chalk's going to hit and which week it's not. And when you start playing that game, now you're just always going to fucking lose. At least I'm right 50% of the time because here's what I do. If I see a guy is donkey chalk. What I classify as donkey chalk, literally I have one hard rule. I will never fucking play them. Okay. My mom could be donkey chalk and she could have Tiger Woods game at his prime. And I still wouldn't play her. I'd be like, fuck it. I'm not playing my mom at 24%. You get the fuck out of here. You get out of here, mom. I ain't going to play you. So if we know that they're donkey chalk and I'm always going to fade them, well, sometimes like last week, donkey chalk fucking hits. It does. Last week we had Kirk, Stallings, and Pendrith, all three guys I tagged as Donkey Chalk. And honestly, all three guys fucking killed it. All three guys. I mean, Kirk was, you know, not like a nuts play, but the other two were very, very good plays. And obviously, Taylor Pendrith was an amazing play, right? And so because of that, you know, what should have been a great week for me last week ended up not. Me and my dude, John Galt JD, we entered 300 lineups. We did 150 in the $20, 150 in the $5. And we fucking had an awesome core. We played the Weather Edge, which was huge, uh, which gave us a huge advantage. We had a much higher six of six rate than the rest of the field. We have 80% um, can't lay over 40% fee now. We had incredible lineups all over the place. And we, we didn't even break even. We didn't even break even. On our 300 lineups in the $5 and the $20, simply because of one thing, the donkey chalk got there. And when you play a lifestyle of fading the donkey chalk and it gets there, it's going to fucking hurt. And that's what happened last week, right? Even when I did everything right, the donkey chalk got there. So I had, I had like nine things go my way last week, but the, maybe the most important thing, the donkey chalk got there and it fucking basically made the week net even. Not even is basically what the week was for me. Even when I had incredible leverage on Cantley and Finau. And in my own personal lineups, outside of what I did with John Galt JD, I literally played 100% Cantley and 80% Finau. And I still didn't turn a profit because I did not have the donkey chalk accounted for. And it all got there. And when it all gets there, that's so many more lineups that now can take you down. All right. Uh, so the last one is donkey chalk. Siwoo, Harmon, and Wise are what I am classifying as donkey chalk. And it's simply this. They are, you know what? I'm going to go ahead while I'm right here on the air. Because you, because a smart person would say, well, why is Poston not Donkey Chalk? But those two are. Siwoo, Harmon, Wise, and Poston. I am classifying all of them as Donkey Chalk for one simple reason. A, look at their salary. All of them are in the 8,000s. You do not have to play an $8,000 guy in your lineup, right? You do have to play guys at the top because we know you're going to use your fucking salary. No one leaves $4,000 on the table, so shut the fuck up about it. But no one has to play an $8,000 guy. 
And so these guys start to become very easy to pivot off of. And there are truly tremendous options in the upper 7K and the mid 8K range for you to get off of these guys that are way lower owned and to me are objectively just as good of golfers. So when there are clear options at lower ownership, and by lower ownership, I mean at least half or a third of the ownership, and they're just as good as those guys around them, that makes them donkey chalk. My rule is I never fucking play donkey chalk. But I have a game where I don't give a fuck and I don't care about missing out. I understand most of you have FOMO, fear of missing out, and you cannot, like, the thought of not having the chalk in there and it hits just scares the shit out of you. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't have those fears, right? I know that it's going to happen like it happened last week. And hopefully all three of those motherfathers got it out of their system. And this week all the donkey chalk's going to fail just like it did at the Open Championship and just like it did at the, what was it, the 3M, right? So that's what I'm banking on. If, but please hear this. Hey, new guy. I know this is a lot. I come at you hard. It's the ranch water. I want to apologize. All four of those guys. If there's any one of those guys you like, like you just love Brian Harmon, right? You have a thing for hobbits because you fucking watched Lord of the Rings and you've seen them all 12 times. And so you got to play the hobbit himself, Brian Harmon. Well, the new guy, I get it, man. Go play your Brian Harmon. Go play your little hobbit. I really don't care who the fuck you play, but just do me this solid. He is going to be 19% owned by my projections at least play him in 38% of your lineups. And that's a big commitment to a little guy. So do that for me, okay? At least do that, right? Like if you're going to play him, at least commit to him and be double. Let me give you a quick example. I'm going to play Tom Kim this week. I don't give a fuck, okay? I know he's going to be chalky. He's not very good chalk. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think that guy is just more fucking talented than everybody else. And so I'm going to play him. I'm going to play him. And if he's 18.5, at a minimum, he will be in 37% of my lineups. If you know how I play, wink, wink, he'll be in a lot more than that. All right, that's ownership. Uh, let's see. Oh, there's my page. Don't forget to go like and sub. Hey, new guy, go like and sub. If you've stayed this long, I know you like the cut of my jib. I know you like the cut of my jib, and there's over 200 people in here. I know you're one of them, new guy. I know you're one of them. All right, let's get to the model. Let's get to the model. Um, I, I got to get a drink. I'm super pacey tonight. I think, I think I'm going too hard in the paint. That's what it is. I don't have my fan on. All right, here we go. So the model, by the way, for all of you that are like taking screenshots of my model, I'm like, mm, I'm going to get this model for free. Man, I don't give a fuck. Model, if you like rely on models for your picks that mean so much to you, like get the fuck out of here. Like you're a loser. You'll never win anyways. Models are something that we consider, we use to make our decisions. But if you think a model is the end all be all, I don't have to persuade you otherwise. You're already a fucking moron. So here we go. The big takeaways from the model is it seems like to me that from Corey Connors up, Connors, Henley, Horschel, M, Lowry, Simpson, and uh, Willie Z, that, uh, that if, if you really want to play, the four guys that are going to be the highest known will be Lowry, M, Henley, and Connors. And if you, wanna, uh, if you want me to give you an argument about why they're bad plays, I'm not going to do it because they're all good plays. Okay? If I had to shit on one, I would shit on Russell Henley because nobody goes out and starts four under through five more than this motherfucker, and then somehow finishes only like minus two for the round. And don't get it twisted. Russell Henley, don't forget, the Wyndham was the tournament to get you into the live final last year for the Fantasy Golf World Championship, which I made because I played old slapdick Russell Henley. Okay, Even when he melted down in the fourth round, I still got there. Love you, Russ. So then the question becomes, well, then who to play? Well, I mean, if you really think that Billy Horschel's still riding that hot streak, he's a very logical pivot. Will Zalatoris, let me just ask you this. And, and if you disagree with this, like you don't see reality. Who is the best player in this field? Objectively the best golfer in this field. Who is it? New guy, go ahead. Go ahead. Who? 
No, no, it's Will Zalatoris, you moron. He is objectively the best player in this field. And if you don't see that, then y- you don't know reality. Will Zalatoris is the best golfer in this field right now. And if there's a second, it would be Shane Lowry, right? That w- those would be the two best golfers in this field. I-, I-, I, will- I will throat punch you if you want to argue with me on this. So the question becomes, if I can get the best player in this field and I can pivot off of him or pivot to him and he's the best player in this field, why not? And I know the answer, what you're saying right now, new guy, because I was watching this show the other day when they said that he's not a good course fit. Okay, well, that's good that somebody out there has their bullshit narrative. But remember, it's a narrative. That's what they do to get people to listen to them, and that's what they do. They come up with these things to justify their picks. But let me just go ahead and put this out there. What if they're fucking wrong? Have you ever, have you ever considered that? What if their narrative just isn't 100%? Well, now you're sitting there making your choices based on their bullshit narrative. Come up with your own narrative. My narrative, you want to know it, new guy? Here's my narrative this week. I'm going to play the best fucking golfers. I don't care about your bullshit. It's a short positional course, and I need guys that can putt. You get out of here. I don't care about that. I'm going to play the best golfers, and if the best golfers in each range are going to come in lower owned, fucking let's roll, mother father. I'm pumped about it. And Will Zalatoris is objectively the best golfer in this field, and he's going to be lower owned than everybody up there except Webb Simpson. Now, Webb Simpson is a goat at this course. I mean, like there's, I don't, I don't know if there's another player that has better course history at any one particular course than Webb Simpson has at this one. So I have to ask you, if you play Webb, I get it. I totally get it. If Webb wins tomorrow, he will be the, or if he wins Sunday, he will be the nuts play. If you have him in six of sixes, you will fucking smash this week. Cause he will come in at single digit ownership. You heard it here first. And if he's going to be single digit ownership at a course he loves, well, then you got to play him, right? But let me ask you this, and this is a question I've been asking myself because I'm a, I'm a web truther. Like, I want Webb to still be good. He, I want him to be good. Just like I still want Jason Day to be good and Harris English to be good and Ricky Fowler to be good. Are you holding on to the past? Like, do you remember how good they were two years ago? And you think, well, surely in two years they couldn't just suck. They just He had that thing with the elbow, and he'll be fine, and he's just getting it figured out. Now he's on his course. He'll be good. But, like, are you convincing yourself or are you convincing me? You know what I'm saying? And so, like, Webb to me and I'm a guy that plays way too much web I played so much web last week and through round one I'm just like I'm the greatest look at me everybody I'm the greatest don't act like you're not impressed and so watching his shot tracker on Friday Saturday Sunday I realized Webb's fucking broken something is not right with that guy he can't do anything right his around the green sucks his approach is laughable and he doesn't roll in 12 foot birdie putts like let me check fucking ever so for me to put webb simpson in my lineup at 10,700 and then see what that does to the rest of my lineups i can't do it and if i and i got big fucking balls when it comes to dfs and if i can't do it that begs the question are you comfortable doing it and if you are more power to you i like the cut of your jib for the third time you mother father so what do we do here what do we do well let me just say this you got henley and you got connors who are going to be very popular but here's what i consider the great forgotten about range Terrell Hatton, Adam Scott, HV3. Okay. All of those guys are legit going to be half the ownership of those other guys. So what I would tell you is if you already naturally like one of these guys, well, then you should be fucking doing dances, right? You don't even have to pivot. You just get to play them and they're going to be at discounted ownership. That's the best feeling is when you don't have to worry about a pivot because the guy you like is already more owned. That's where it's at, right? 
So if you like one of these guys, go to town on them, right? Play a lot of them because you're going to be mega leveraged. And if you're not sold on Connors or Henley, well, consider skipping down to one of these guys because not only are they sandwiched with Henley and Connor on the top, look at who's right below them, uh, Denny McCarthy and Siwoo Kim. And Siwoo Kim has played well here in the past, and Denny McCarthy can putt, so, like, I got to play them, said the dumbass. And so when these three guys are sandwiched between two chalky guys on top and two chalky guys below, they're going to just come in at a discount. They're going to come in at a discount. And it would not surprise me if one of those three guys is in the winning GPP lineup this week. Terrell Hatton, I'll just warn you, he's a fucking loser and he screws me every time. But damn, 9,400 at the lowest ownership. I mean, I, I'm more interested in that than I am Webb. We've already talked about Siwoo. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that, you know, like I, I, I try to be humble and everything, but like I've seen it at Showdown. I fucking move the needle. I get ownership. I, you know, like not like 10%, but like I can move the ownership a point or two on people because enough people watch this. The one guy I'm definitely playing this week is Tom Kim. And yes, he's a little too high owned. I was praying he would come in at 11%, and he'll probably be even higher now that I'm pumping him up here on Wednesday night. But if my narrative this week is going to be give me the best fucking players, I think he is the best South Korean prospect there has been in a long time. And I will warn you, I'm still on a high from Sunday where I accidentally, I didn't even mean to play him in 100% of my showdown lineups, but I did. And he was the fucking nuts play. I think he shot nine under, bogey-free round, had a streak. He was unbelievable. So I might still be riding that Tom Kim high. But I will tell you, he checks every box for me. And the only thing that concerns me is he's not a great Bermuda putter. But when somebody has such a small sample size like he has, I do not think that he is going to – I don't think that we can really draw that conclusion about him being a Bermuda putter at this point in his career because he just doesn't have enough rounds. So Tom Kim, I'm all in. Taylor Pendrith? <laughs> Won't this be sweet justice, right? That last week he fucks me because everybody plays him. This week nobody's going to play him. So then I go get clever and do a pivot and he fucking misses the cut. You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. But him and Bez seem like great pivots because Harmon, Poston, and Wise are all catching steam. People love The Hobbit. People think JT Poston somehow now isn't a $6,800 golfer because he won one slap dick tournament. And then you've got Aaron Wise. And Aaron Wise is like one of those guys like Xander Shoffley. He always sneaky comes in higher owned than you think he will be. Every time. So, like, those three guys right there are all going to be super owned. And please, new guy, hear me on this. Hear me. Look me right in the eyeballs right now. If you like any of these three guys, you play them, you mother father. I ain't here to tell you who to play or who not to play. I'm just telling you they're all going to be chalky. And if you're going to play them, you commit to them. But let me just ask you this question, new guy, because I told you I was going to ask you some tough questions. More than I've already asked you. Are you convinced that Brian Harmon, JT Poston, and Aaron Wise are any better golfers than Justin Rose, Davis Riley, and Keith Mitchell? Do you truly believe that? Okay, and if you do believe they're better golfers, let me ask you this. Do you believe they're two times better golfers? If I told you that, that JT Poston is going to be twice as owned as Keith Mitchell, Davis Riley, and Justin Rose, do you truly believe that he is two times more likely to outperform those guys this week? Do you believe that? Yeah, I didn't fucking think so. Nobody believes that. If you do, you're a fucking moron. And so what you have to ask yourself is like, man, if I can have these guys at a discounted ownership and get off of these chalky guys and they're cheaper, why would at least I not consider that? That's how you got to start thinking, right? You never pivot off of guys that you like, but anybody that you're just lukewarm on or you just kind of like, 
pivot the fuck off of him. And I promise you, you know, like this is, I, I talked about this last week. It's going to hurt your feelings. But like if you took the guy you loved and the guy right next to him that, that you hate every week and you measured it for a full year, 50% of the time you, the, of the time the guy you like is going to do better and 50% of the time the guy you hate is going to do better because you just got fucking picks and you don't know what you're doing because it's fucking golf and it's random as shit. So there you go. Just just make the leverage play, my brother. All right, we're not going to hit every one of these guys. Scott Stallings, Mark Hubbard coming in, um, a little chalky. I think they're both uh, good plays. I just, you know, I would ask the question, like, you know, Jason Day has shown some life, and you can literally have him at, like, 4% ownership this week. Kevin Strillman, everybody talks about, like, I want short positional uh, players this week. Okay, well, that's not Kevin Strillman? Like, why is nobody talking him up? Uh, Chris Goderup, oh, he he's just a bomber. He can't play a course like this. Um Okay, narrative guy. Well, you know what I'm doing, narrative guy? I'm coming up with my own narrative. And my narrative is, fuck your narrative. Mine's right. That's number one. And number two, Chris Goddard is a more talented golfer than most of these guys. And if I can have him at one-third of the ownership, sign my ass up. Because I'm playing the better players this week. And I think that Chris Goddard is like Tom Kim. I am buying early. He is going to be a star. You heard it here first, you mother father. Adam Svensson, going to be chalky. But, like, why is Adam Svensson, who can't fucking putt, going to be more chalky than Brennan Todd, who all he does is positional short golf. Answer me that question, dog. Answer it. You can't do it. Alex Smalley is going to be more popular than KH Lee or Martin Laird. Why? Why? I mean, like, what are you doing? You're going to pay, you're going to go play a guy higher ownership to guys that are right around him that are at least just as good as him, right? Uh, other guys to consider, Callum Taron has been on a heater. J.J. Spawn is on a heater. If you really hate yourself and you want to get nasty and win a big GPP, I'm just going to keep playing Nick Hardy till the fucking Carols come home. He will pay me off. He, he actually, he's, I'm actually way up on Nick Hardy because I just always faded him when he was donkey chalk, but now he's going to hit me one when he's like the guy nobody's playing. Aaron Rye, I think, will be more popular. Pa- Patrick Rogers, if you prefer fucking losers. Uh, who else do we got down here? Um, 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 Mackenzie Hughes will literally be 1% owned and I could make an argument that he's better than all these guys down here. Um, Austin Smotherman is a ball strike and SOB. Anaban Lahiri just loves to pop at these slap dick tournaments. Um, and Sepp Straka, I, I guess the last one, I, I'll give you two more. Sepp Straka, go look at every other golfer from 6,900 all the way down. And I, I think we could all agree that Sepp Straka is probably objectively the best player down here. So if you're just going with the best players like I am this week, Sepp Straka, even though he's been playing like dog shit, is objectively a better player than every other golfer down here. Uh, Zach Johnson, go check out that approach. It's been pretty sick. And the last one I will give you, old Kierdech at Barn Rat is the most sick Bermuda putter. Anytime I see Kierdech on, um, on Bermuda, I'm in. I'm in, you mother father. I'm in. All right, that's it. So who is it? Who is the one guy I'm definitely playing this week? Well, I already told you. I've already pumped a stock on uh, Tap in Birdie with my dude Brian Kirshner. Had a great time. If you don't listen to that show, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, so uh, let's see. I'm definitely playing Tom Kim. There you go. I'm playing Tom Kim. I may be late to the party, but I'm fucking leading the rally the rest of the way, okay? Who is the one guy I'm definitely not playing? If you've watched my show more than once and you don't know the answer to this, you slap yourself in the face right now, you mother father. There's not a chance in hell I'm playing Siwoo Kim, and I'm a Siwoo Kim slut. I'm a Siwoo Kim slut. No one plays more Siwoo than me. Okay, all I need to see is like, oh, he smiled today, even though he's lost on approach seven tournaments in a row. I'm all in. That's how I am with Siwoo. But 23% owned with a guy that volatile at 8,800, get the fuck out of here. You get the fuck out of here. There you go. That's it.
Mm. The big guy's going hard tonight. I told you, I fucking love Wednesdays. I love Wednesdays. Okay. Last thing we need to do. Hey, I did a drawing today for a free month. I have a Discord um, connected through my Patreon. And this guy right here, Playmakers88, you just want a free month to the Discord. I had a guy win it last week, and he fucking loves it over there. So uh, I think you'll like it. Just reach out to me or my editor over on Twitter. That's it. Uh, speaking of which, I do have a Patreon. If you want to check it, it looks like I already got some new people to sign up. Here it is. Um, it supports the channel. It allows me to be ad-free here. I do all, like, infinitely more content over there for them. If you're like, I don't want to give you no money. Hey, bro, I, I get it. Don't give me no money. Just fucking, like, uh, enjoy the free shit here on YouTube. It ain't going to stop you, mother father. I appreciate you being here. Just make sure to go like and subscribe. Love you too, big guy. And now we're going to do our drawing. The people love the drawing. So this uh, new guy, you need to know. This is for everybody who likes and retweets my shit over on Twitter or leaves comments on my Showdown Hoedown videos uh, Friday and Saturday night. That's all you got to do to get in this. As you can see, a lot of people do that, so there's a lot of names on here. But what you win is a free ticket into the main GPP. We can either do tonight or Sunday Showdown, whatever you prefer. Um, and I buy the ticket, and any profits we make, we split 50-50. And for all of you like, whoa, that sounds like not very much. Well, just so you know, the guy that won my Patreon drawing last week, I sent him literally like over 100 bucks, right? Like we we were sitting in the top 10 of the $100 single entry Sunday because I do a drawing for them also. And we just he we played Chris Kirk. That's on him, not me. Am I right, Adrian Nock? And Chris Kirk decided to be a bitch. And we ended up finishing like, I don't know, 15th, 18th, something like that. And we, you know, won, won a few hundred bucks. And so I split that with him, PayPal'd his ass. It's pretty cool. I'll do the same thing with you if me and your lineup's hit. So I'll shut the fuck up and I'll get to spinning. Let the wheel spin. Let it spin. Who's my winner? Ryan Cinti 21. That name looks kind of familiar. Kind of familiar. Okay, and while I'm here, I'm just gonna do this. So Ryan, please send me a DM over on Twitter or uh, the DJ at the DJ editor, so we can hook up with you tonight. Now let's do one here in the chat because I really appreciate you guys. I know you have fucking lives and stuff like that. I don't have one, so it's easy for me. But like you guys being here, I'm gonna do one in the chat right now. Whoever's in this chat, if you're here, you get it, and you're gonna get to make a lineup with me. I don't know if we'll do it tonight because it's kind of short notice. And the winner is Star Lord's. Oh, he's going to be fucking pumped. That guy, I know that mother father. He is going to be pumped. He is going to be pumped. And so there you go. There's our two winners. And now I got to go do one more. This is for my uh, patrons. Uh, let's see. I, I can never remember how to do this. All right, here we go. Spin. Let's just spin it. You got all the names up there. These are the guys. Uh, oh, no, that's Wednesday. Shit. Ignore that. You didn't see anything. Uh, wait, he did Wednesday twice. What the fuck? Oh, man, this is awkward. Normally, he names one Patreon and names one Wednesday. My fucking editor is a slapdick. Thank you guys for all the donations. Um, I might have to do another one. I might have to do another one Friday night. Let's go, Star-Lord. So there you go. Uh, Jetty Zoller, if you are not in my Patreon, if you're not one of those, if you are, you win a $100 ticket. If you're not, you're still going to win a $20 ticket because my editor is a slapdick. So there you go. Guys, get your questions over here. We're going to do questions for about the last 15 to 20 minutes. Those are our winners. We had one from the chat, one from the Patreon wheel, and one from this wheel. We'll make lineups together. Let's fucking ship 100000 My goal is to PayPal your ass $50,000 because I think that would be cool as shit. Okay? So we're going to come over here to questions. Here's the rule. If you don't put a question mark, if you don't put a question mark, I'm not going to answer the question because, fuck, there's so many. Look at this thing. It's, like, infinitely long. So here we go. I'm just going to go through and answer questions. Uh, let's see. Nick Mars asks... Uh, I can put it up on the screen. Here we go. Uh, Nick Mars asks, 
Uh, thoughts on Aaron Rye for single entry? Man, I, I hadn't even considered Aaron Rye, but then when I saw he was getting a little bit of ownership today, it made me kind of look. And honestly, Aaron Rye does kind of make sense here, right? Plus, a man that wears two gloves, you can never fail. But I would say this, Nick. If Aaron Rye's catching a little bit of ownership down there and I could go to a guy right next to him that's like 1% owned, like legit, you know, I'm not – trust me, McKenzie Hughes is a fucking loser. But, like, he's legit going to be one-fifth the ownership of Aaron Rye. That would be the only thing I would say to you. And I bet in a single entry, he'll be like one-tenth the ownership of Aaron Rye. But I'm not opposed to it. If you like him, he definitely ain't high enough ownership to consider getting off of. Webb's ownership got it from 4.5 to 15, Mark. Uh, yeah, I got it at about 9.1. I, 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 I feel pretty good about my ownership rankings. I've, I've, I put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it, and it considers a lot of different variables. And I've been doing this for a hot fucking minute. All right, here we go. Yo, uh, this is from Max Berman. Uh, back, 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 back. Uh, yo, DGen, here's a thought provoking question for you. If I told you you could pick one golfer and look into the future and see his DFS finish this week, which golfer would you pick and why? Uh, Webb Simpson's going to finish T38. I can, I can already tell you, he'll make the cut, he'll dick around, and he'll finish T38. There you go, Max. I hope that I answered that question correctly. Sean, uh, Sean wants to know, is Aaron Wise a good pivot off of Harmon and Poston? I have Wise almost in the exact same ownership. I will tell you, I will warn you, Sean, I am projecting him higher than most people in the industry just because I have seen it enough that Aaron Wise is like Xander Shoffley. I said this earlier. He comes in sneaky high, uh, uh, higher owned. The real pivots would be Riley, Rose, um, Bez, people like that right there in that range. I'm skipping it. If I don't see a question mark, I'm skipping it. Thoughts on M, Kim, Kim, Gim, Jim, Jim. Uh, you know what? You want to know the answer to that, Jordan? I fucking love it. This is a week for the Koreans. Okay, so if your name rhymes with M, I'm in. So, yeah, there you go. I already told you my favorite play. Uh, just looking for question marks, people. By the way, if, if I if I skip your question because you didn't put a question mark, just go fucking ask it again down at the bottom. I'll get to it, big guy. I'll get to you, brother. Uh, Billy, the guy that bought me this fucking hat. A, 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 some would call him a fucking legend. Who is the one guy you're playing that you shouldn't? No one 7K or below. The one guy I am playing that I shouldn't... Um, uh, Terrell Hatton. <laughs> That's so easy. I hate that. Mo- he loses me so much money, but there's just no way I cannot play. Even if he comes in at 11%, that's such a high leverage play that I'm going to do it. And I already hate myself for it. I'm going to go look in the mirror after this. And I'm going to say, I hate you. I hate you so much. Okay, moving on. Uh, only, only if I see question marks. Hey, T.Y. Sheps, I thank you again, you mother father, for the, uh, for the, the super chat. That, that's really cool of you. I honestly, I, like, I don't make any money off YouTube, so those go further than you think. Uh, let's see. Billy wants to know, uh, might as well change your name to Weatherman Brick Tamlin, right? Um, I love Lamp. So moving on, uh, let's see. Nick, I didn't even, how did I not see this? My dude, Nick, with a $20 super chat. You're a fucking legend. Coming, I'm coming to Louisiana and we're having, we're having a fucking, we're having some gumbo. All right, moving on, moving on. I appreciate you, Nick. You're the man. I think he's just doing it for some good juju. He just needs some good juju for this week. So he's putting it out into the world. Uh, Suki Styles, I know this guy. So you're saying I've got a chance. So, well, I love the process. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Oh, you may have another. I love that meme on, uh, on or the little gift that there always is. Got to trust the process. Hey, I better see some question marks. Brian, uh, did you guys like TBA? Brian wants to know if you guys liked TIB last night. If you did not enjoy me and Brian, which, by the way, it was not near as combative as I thought. I brought a knife and a gun for no reason. But if you didn't enjoy me and Brian last night, I don't know what the fuck you want from uh, PGA DFS Entertainment. You're a fucking moron. 
Uh, okay. Cody Berry wants to know, do you like the course history for a tournament like the Wyndham? Uh, yes. If I'm ever going to use course history, give it to me at Augusta and Wyndham. It's a real thing. But at the same time, am I going to let that dictate my picks? Uh, no. No, I'm not, Bob. I guess I should have called you Cody, but I just like to use random names, bro. Okay, I'm not seeing. Uh, the chat was off the hook. Uh, I need question marks. I need question marks. Thomas, you got your shit redacted. Deal with it, bitch. All right, Israel Frasco, you mentioned last week about adding luck to your lineups. Can you break that down just to drop? Man, what a, why you got to come at me with such hard questions? Do you know how deep I am in these? You can't be asking. I ask the hard questions, Israel. Um, yeah, so that was for Showdown. I was talking about that at Showdown, and that's from that's straight from my dude Jesse. I'm always I'm always going to give credit to smart guys in the industry that say stuff. If you don't know, that's the downside of me uh, over on Twitter. He's uh, he's definitively one of the five best Showdown players in the world, and he was telling me I probably shouldn't have even said this without fucking asking his permission first. But he told me that like the thing that people aren't considering enough at uh, Showdown is the variable of luck. And what is luck? Well, luck is just simply in a single round, shit can go really crazy. So if there's a guy that's 1% owned, that's playing like shit and is showing no signs of life, there's no way you should play him. Well, in one round, shit can get lucky. That one puck can lip in. He can he can hole out from the middle of the fairway. Shit gets lucky. So that's what I was referencing. I don't really have a great way to apply that to week long, but that's how I, I meant to apply it to showdown. I hope that answers your question. Great question, you mother father. All right. Webb's injured. Don't do it. I think I agree. I think Webb, like, something's broken with broken with him physically. Star-Lord's dad. Uh, let's see. One player you're playing this week that you shouldn't. Star-Lord's dad. I already said it. His name is Terrell Hutton. Terrell Hutton. Hutton. All right. Let's see here. Doesn't Will Zellatoris miss too many fairways for this course? His shot tracker is off the off the tee scares me. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to act like I know that off the top of my head, but I will say that Will Zellatoris is generally a good ball striker and has a very high greens in regulation, and he's going to have a lot of birdie putts. And um, that, 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 that would be my answer to that, Keegan. That would be my answer. Take it. Look, if you don't play Will, I ain't going to hate on you. I ain't going to hate on you. I'm not in love with him. I'm just playing him because I'm playing the game, right? I don't have picks. I have a game. Uh, what's the one stat that matters the most when it comes to this course? Oh, what a great question. I think the one that I weighted the most was par fours from 400 to 450. I went and looked at the past three to four years, and I noticed that the number one place that guys were picking up shots was from that par four from 400 to 450 yards because that is where eight of the par fours fall. So, I mean, that's literally almost half of the holes fall in that region. So if somebody has a track record of doing very well at that, sign my ass up. Okay. Uh, Ches Reevy, Carl, I can answer that one for you. Uh, I'm not playing him, so he'll be the fucking nuts. There you go. There's, there's the answer to Chez. Uh, I'm not on Willie. How are you feeling about Russell Henley? I, uh, I can't, Russell Henley makes all the sense. I feel like Russell Henley is almost a lock for a top 30 this week. If I'm playing cash game, which I never play, I would literally start my lineup with Russell Henley. I feel so safe that he will make the cut. He will get you a lot of birdies. But at the same time, as a man who just had to watch him on shot tracker and some really important lineups last week, I also know he's a dude that just can't fucking finish a round. All you have to do is go look at this tournament from last year. All right. Michael wants to know, any love for Kisner after his uh, time to run it back tweet? 
uh, right next to your uh, boy Tom Kim. Yes, I actually do. I'm warming up to Kevin Kisner a lot because I thought he would just naturally there was going to be this bullshit. Oh, he's a positional player that can putt. And so I thought he would be popular, but he doesn't seem to be coming in that popular. And so I have warmed up to him, my man, Michael. Thank you for the question. Leroy Jenkins is on the course considered a birdie fest. No, it is not. This is not a birdie fest. The winning score will probably be somewhere in that 15 to 18 range. To me, the definition of a birdie fest is where it consistently plays two shots under par and the winning score is minus 20. I would consider this on the easier end of the spectrum, but certainly not a birdie fest. Leroy. So, uh, let's see. Ricky Too Sticky. M. Uh, M. Wallen, thanks, bro. I think that was a comp. Okay, that's not a que- that was a question from somebody else. All right, I just I just see question marks. All right, here we go. Jeffrey Kilmer, am I certifiably insane for thinking Buckley will win? I hate Buckley, and I would never play him. Dude, I'm playing so much Buckley. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody, okay? It'll fucking bump his ownership, and he's going to be at 2%. But as I was saying, Buckley's a fucking loser. Don't play him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm not playing Ricky in 1% uh, in one of my lineups. Well, I mean, that's because Ricky's a fucking loser. Uh, let's see. How soon till Tom Kim hits the 9K range? Well, depending on the fields that he'll probably be playing in in the swing season, I think you will consistently see him in the 9 and 10K range there, Ryan. Uh, almost for sure of it. I'm not real good at the eligibility stuff. I assume he's going to be able to play the swing season. I, I don't fucking know. I'm not good at that stuff. I, I know what I'm good at, and I fucking stick to my lane, you mother father. All right. Uh, let, whoa, did he just, like, skip way down on me? What are we doing, Bob? All right, there's our winner, Star-Lord. He's going to be fucking pumped. I know that guy. He's going to be excited. Love him. Love him. He's my man. Uh, Alex Barum, um, the combined ownership range do you like to be in? Yeah, so like I've actually started to warm up to that, Alex. My thing is I avoid so much chalk that like I truly don't even consider the total um, uh, 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 ownership of my lineup combined, the cumulative uh, uh, amount, because when you fade so much chalk, you really don't even have to think about that stuff. But if I were to give you an answer, I would say between 60 and 75 seems like a sweet spot where you have enough good plays, but not too much chalk. That does seem like the sweet spot. And I have started to warm up to that because like, if you ever get set in your ways in this industry and think, oh, I've got it figured out, I ain't got to fucking change anything. I'm the man. Well, then you're a fucking idiot and you're going to lose because this game is always evolving. Thoughts on Kisner? Ramon, I already said, I'm warming up to him a lot. Uh, I'm I'm Ron Burgundy? Yes, that is correct, Tyler. Uh, let's see. How do you feel about Denny and Hubbard? Okay, so Denny is coming in just a hair too highly owned. I, I think they're both. I like them both. I want to play them both, but there's no way I'm playing Denny at 16%. And as far as Hubbard goes, man, I really wanted to see something more like, you know, uh, I don't know. Eight percent, but like twelve percent is not a deal breaker. And if you don't know, I love Mark Hubbard and his stupid little short putter. Damn editor, can I take back my super chat? You shut your mouth, Nick. It's in the it's in the bag. He's gonna finally get paid. That poor kid hasn't eaten in a week. Just be happy, my editor finally gets to eat a meal. Shut your mouth. All right. Uh, what what do you do with Kisner? Man, a lot of Kisner questions. Maybe Kisner's gonna get sneaky high. I don't know. Thoughts on Matthew Neesmith back in the Carolinas? Um. You know, he's a bit of a ball striker more than he is like the short positional thing. And I have actually seen the ball strikers do well here. And I do like guys close to home. So you know what, Mike? I'm going to go check him out because I'm pretty warm to that idea. Good question, Mike. I don't recognize your name. Appreciate you being here. I know another Eker, but I don't know a Mike one. Uh, let's see. Aaron Long. Is he under the 5% flyer? No. He, he'll be higher than that. I think he'll be right at 10%. Um, uh, wait, Aaron Long? I, I assume you meant Adam Long. Uh, Adam Long will be right at 10%, my brother. 
Raining from the uh, dominant time zone, the east. Okay, sell me fire. I'm about to punch somebody in the dick right now. If you don't know, I live in the Lord's time zone. It's Central Standard Time Zone. Anybody that doesn't doesn't believe that, I will fight you. I will not deal with you east and west coast snobs. This is the Lord's time zone. All right, thoughts on Rose over Wise. Fucking love it. I, 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 Justin Rose makes no sense. There's no reason you should play him. Nothing about him checks out. And Aaron Wise is going to kill it. So I'll play. I'll play. I'll play fucking Justin Rose. That's what I do. I'll play the guy that no one wants to play. That's how. That's how I roll. All right, FOMO. If you lose a chalk donkey, why not just bet him, man? Show you style. This is such a great question. And if I could legally bet in my state, I would just go put two or three hundred bucks on uh, uh, Siwoo Kim and Sung JM or whatever people I'm gonna fade. And if I win that outright, that will easily cover my DFS losses. I would love that. And I think that is a great way to hedge. And I do hedge, right? Because like this, this money means a lot to me. I fucking live off of it. So like you know, if I have great week longs going. And showdown rolls around Saturday and Sunday. I don't play a lot of those guys in those lineups. I go play. Uh, I go play the opposite guys because I don't want to mush my own guys in my week long. And if one does bad, well, that means the other one's doing good, right? So you can hedge like that, and I dig it. Do you ever consider caddy when making uh, picks? Consider I've uh, Michael. I've never. Well, actually, I say that I was gonna say I've never considered that. But like guys like uh, Scotty Scheffler who get uh, new ones, and then Justin Thomas when he got the new one, it does seem to make a difference in how well they play. So I'm not opposed to it. Did somebody get one, Mike? Uh, I'm not really sure. I hope I can call you Mike. I hope we're friends like that. All right. Sorry, I still got a drink, guys. Still got a drink. Getting pasty. Aaron wants to know my dude Aaron who suggested the whole free month of Patreon. I appreciate you, you mother father. That was a great idea. Can we trust Rose not to WD after round one? No. That's the problem with old rich guys is they're old and they're rich and they don't give a fuck. And if he gets off to a slow start or his back is even thinking about being in a bad mood, he'll WD on your ass. He will. He will. Same thing with Louie. Same thing with um, Jason Day. There's like a whole bunch of those guys. Paul Casey, right? They're old and rich. They don't fucking need this money to pay the bills. All right. Where are we at? Where are we at? Are there any 7K donkey chalks, uh, 7K guys in the donkey chalk? Uh, I would call Svensson donkey chalk. I would call Svensson donkey chalk, Thomas. All right. Cody Berry, do you like uh, two above 10K builds this week? Actually, kind of, because there's so many guys that I love in the 7K this week. So many of the 7K guys really should be 8K guys this week that I feel like you could play two 10K guys and still have a lot of leverage by playing those two 10K guys. And there's actually about three... Uh, 6k guys that I feel very very comfortable putting in my highest lineups so yes I would play I, I'm comfortable doing that Cody but it ain't about me brother it's about you alright uh, this is from Dominic hey big dog what up big I like that big dog uh, I play in Australia so it's a different platform much lower uh, player number so I play much less risky more chalky well I mean I, I if you're trying to win GPPs, uh, Dominic, I don't know what how much you play, but a GPP is like a tournament where you know there's a first, a second, a third, and all that, and the prize pool largely goes to the top ten people in it. If you're playing that, I don't think that it is a smart move in the long run to play chalk. Whereas if you're playing cash, you know, which is basically we call like a double up, you know, fifty percent of the people win, fifty percent of the people lose. Well, then yes, I do see a lot of merit to playing more chalky guys. I really do. Like this week, if I were playing cash, my lineup would literally start like would start like Henley, and then it would probably go Corey Connors, and it would probably go like Tom Kim, and it would probably go like the Hobbit himself, Brian Harmon. That's what I would do. Liking Taron or Knox better or both. Um, well, I, I actually just updated my ownership and Taryn came in lower and I'm starting to become a believer on this guy. 
Uh, Russell Knox, I just know that guy. No matter what he ever does, it's like his peak. The peak Russell Knox you'll ever get is like T32. And so because of that, I feel like Taron has like top 10 upside. So for me, it would be Taron. And the fact that like he is lowering in the ownership that I have projected, I'm warming up to him. Uh, let's see. Zach wants to know, prefer Lowry or M? Do you think double 10K is a good strategy? Zach, I just said I do think 10K, two 10K guys this week in a lineup is a very viable strategy. For me, I will take the ownership discount and take Shane Lowry. And more than that, uh, I will say Shane Lowry is just a better player than Sung JM. And more and more and more than that, I'll say I got a thing for big guys because I'm one myself. And I love me some Sugar Shane. Uh, Mark Westwater lineups with the highest players under 10 K balance. Uh, you, if you start a lineup below Corey Connors, right? Which I think is 9,600. Your first player in is Hatton or Adam Scott or whoever. You will be so much different than everybody else. I'm telling you 98 to 99% of lineups. will start with at least one player from Connors up. So that is a way to build a completely different lineup, not leave a ton of money on the table and be able to get six good players in there. Am I going to do it? No effing promises. Oh, there he is. Jean Gustafsson. Yeah, he's from Germany. Uh, I'm a noob, and I really like your content. How can I get more information about DFS PGA, or is YouTube videos the main source of information? Uh, I, well, John, I, I mean, I don't know if you're baiting me into answering this, but I would say go join my Patreon, mother father. Uh, I do all kinds of stuff over there. I do coaching. I help people with questions. So that would be my suggestion, right? There you go. I don't, I didn't plant that question, but I, I feel like I know what my boy is doing. Uh, let's see. Jordan Thompson thoughts on Webb and Zalatoris geographical advantage. Zalatoris from Wake Forest. And I've heard the image. I mean, Jordan, I know this is a stupid narrative, but I kind of like it. I, I really like guys being close to home, right? I feel like there's more downtime. They're not as stressed. They're in an uh, environment they're comfortable with. They're not working on so many things. So uh, that I, I like it. I like it. I feel like my editor just clicked off that shit. Do I have something up I shouldn't have? I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> he can't get on to me. I'm his fucking boss. So, uh, all right. Looks like... Two last questions. Here we go. Alex Perrin, I'm trying to get more into showdown. Do you recommend single entry or small field entries? Alex, you know what I really recommend? You turn it into the showdown hoedown, you mother father. And so uh, that's every Friday and Saturday night. It's probably the best show you'll ever watch. I keep it short. I'm not long and boring like the other mother fathers in this industry. And so what I would tell you is when you start out, let your player pool dictate that. If you go to make your showdown lineups and you like six, six to eight guys, well, then it's obvious. You should do a single entry, right? If you like something like, you know, uh, 18 guys, well, then maybe consider a 20 max or going and putting a whole bunch in the 50 cent, right? So those are something to consider. And then let's see. The last question from Dental Floss. You got to be healthy. Uh, oh, now the Patreon wheel's up. Let's see if these motherfathers are here. Now I got to give another $20 away because my editor's a slab dick. I should take it out of his pay. By the way, right now what I'm doing is I am doing the... Mike Colombo, Patreon winner. We're doing a $100 single entry Sunday, you mother father. I know you're in it. And now what I just thought of is what if you're in the Patreon and the other guy that won it's in the Patreon? Now I got to do two $100 tickets. Shit's about to get awkward. You fucking fired, you editor. I'm kidding. I can't do these thumbnails. All right, just FYI, Willie Z is from and still lives in Dallas. Uh, yeah, but he went to Wake Forest, but I agree. that That is something to consider. 
Uh, when you get an official, <laughs> I love that you threw the question marks in late, Israel. When you get an official DGen logo to rock, when I take down a J, hey, Israel, great point. I have the showdown hoedown. Surely you've seen the um, leaderboards all over the place. Uh, it is in the Discord that I'm in. Uh, all you got to do is connect to the Patreon, get in the Discord, and we have that there. And you can set it as your little avatar. If you don't want to join that, just fucking slip into my DMs and I'll send it to you over there, brother. I get it. And I, I, I like the cut of your jib. That's the fourth fucking time, new guy. All right, here we go. Need DGEN's goat ownerships hooked in my veins. Well, Kurt, get your ass over to the VIP announcements. Uh, new hat. You like that, Derek? Looking fly. Thank you again, Billy, for the uh, fucking hat. I dig it. Don't don't act like he did me a solid. I bought him a nice one at the PGA Championship. He's just getting right with me. That's it, you guys. I'm holding my mic up so you know. like I'm doing the Freddie Mercury right now. about to sing uh, you know, Another One Bites the Dust. And so... I've had too much to drink. The big guy's hungry. And if you don't know, I actually like to make fucking lineups too. So I'm going to go make some of my own. So you leave me alone. It's been real, guys. This is fun. I love hanging out with you guys. We'll be back next Wednesday. But before that, I better see you Friday and Saturday night for the Showdown Hoedown where the real edge is. We'll see you guys later. I got to hope you enjoy my outro. <laughs>